Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host... Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We've reached the end of our mock draft coverage. Only one podcast left before draft day, which will be June 22nd, of course, and there's much to talk about when it comes to the Hornets festivities. If you're within shouting distance of Spectrum Center, we'd love to have you join us on draft day for our draft party. Bring the family, enjoy giveaways, entertainments. I'll be there to give you my takes on the Hornets picks immediately after they've been made. Doors will open at 6.45 p.m. and admission is free, but tickets are required. So go to Hornets.com and Hornets social media for access to your tickets there. Between now and then, we want to continue our draft conversations. Uh, We've had so many of the leaders in the industry in both talent evaluation and mock draft accuracy to what actually took place on draft night. And we've saved the best for last, in my opinion. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, kind enough to join us once again. Last time out, he talked to us about some of the pool of players that will be looked at with the number two pick, which is going to get the lion's share of the focus for NBA fans. But, of course, the Hornets have five total picks, so we want to get his take on the entirety of the NBA draft, what kind of player constitutes a success when you pick him later in the first or early in the second round, and what some of the attributes are that the Hornets should be looking for. Keep in mind, as with all of these conversations, I'm sure it's been frustrating at times, 
We are an NBA team. We are not allowed to, uh, quote-unquote, tip our hand on anything. So even though no one tells me anything for good reason on who the Hornets should be picking, uh, we cannot have our experts come in and say player A is the selection for the Hornets or player B would be the best fit or player C is a good idea. Can't do that. So if you are looking for specific names, I encourage you to go to the people we're talking to's personal sites. They've got their draft boards, their mock drafts. You can see all that they've laid out for you there. But this is more of a conversation to give you an idea to how these mock drafts and draft boards come together, what these experts are looking for, and how successful the Hornets front office, specifically Mitch Kupchak, has been in their NBA executive careers that should give Hornets fans confidence. So with that caveat in mind, we're happy to welcome back for the second time here to the Hornets Hivecast, Kevin O'Connor. You can find his work all over the ringer, podcast, big board form, mock draft form, and you can follow him on Twitter at Kevin O'Connor NBA. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you so much, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. Uh, last time around, we talked a lot more about the number two pick and what the, the level of talent that should be expected there, the depth that's in the group of potential all-stars or, or probable all-stars in most evaluators' opinions that should be under consideration there. I want to talk to you more about the remainder of the draft now because the Hornets have five total picks. All of them are in the top 45, so uh, pretty valuable assets, I would say, right now for the Charlotte Hornets. But every draft is different, as we talked about before. For the level of players that are likely to be in contention for all-star teams. Some years there's a lot of them. Some years there's fewer. You felt strongly about the depth of this class towards the top. How about later on where you're looking more for someone who can establish themselves in a rotation or be a starter? How deep is that pool of players in the 2023 NBA draft class? I think it's pretty deep from 20 to 45 or so in terms of guys that you say have a shot of becoming long-term players in the NBA. There aren't a lot of guys necessarily in that range that I feel like have all-star upside. Um, you know, there's always somebody that pops up out of nowhere, a late bloomer that does become that. But I think, you know, as of now, compared to other years where you see some of those guys you might bet on and gamble on, if you're willing to miss that, that has all-star upside, I think this year it's more of a lot of like players that can help teams early on in their careers. And, you know, for Charlotte, you know, they have 27, 34, 39, and 41. That's four picks. Um, I, I would imagine they'll try to consolidate those, or I would at least try to consolidate those so you're not bringing in five total rookies, including the second pick. But, you know, if they do keep them, I mean, that's going to be a lot of, you know, NBA-ready young talent coming onto the team. Um, so I, I think that's true for all teams drafting in that kind of 20-ish to 40 to 45 range this year where it's just, you know, it's a, to each their own, right? Like you're, everybody's going to have those guys ranked differently. Tell me about the NBA readiness of this class compared to others because I, I have a personal theory that because of the COVID extension for a lot of players' college careers, the college game it was a little bit different this last year. You had a lot more older guys, which meant the young phenoms that were were able to get playing time as freshmen on significant teams were playing with more developed players had to probably be a little bit better just to get on the floor get those minutes than you would have in a, a quote-unquote normal NCAA season and are probably better for that experience but that's just a theory of mine you're a much better expert than I am what would you say about the NBA readiness of this current crop of players entering the draft after a very unique 
trip through the college ranks. I think that's spot on. I mean, I, I think a lot of these guys, you know, some of them are fifth year seniors. Some of them, I mean, it's their fourth year um, playing college ball, but they missed a year. I mean, like you look at that early second round, there's a lot of seniors. Guys like Jaime Jaquez out of UCLA. He's like, you know, a tall ball handler, versatile defender type. He's someone who's coming in NBA ready. And there's guys that really uh, excelled at the NBA draft combine, like a Seth Lundy out of Penn State and he's somebody that if he didn't get that extra year you know to develop and now you know proves himself at the combine at 23 years old uh, it's a great situation for him uh, to enter the league now Jordan Miller out of Miami guys like that we saw him excel throughout the NCAA tournament Um, there's a a lot of those guys that uh, I I think benefited from the extra time that extra year um, that whether they're in their fourth year as a senior or their fifth year um, that they come in more NBA ready now and that's a good benefit for NBA teams to get more time to look at these guys witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash stereo right now. netsuite.com slash stereo. netsuite.com slash stereo. Kevin O'Connor, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Draft week is here, and he is a draft expert for The Ringer. Check out his big board and his mock drafts at theringer.com. When we look at the draft, specifically in the last handful, maybe 10 years, it's dominated by these earlier entrants to the association, basically kids 18 to 20 years old that are still forming their basketball games, but they've got such huge upside and huge potential that they're worth the investment of those top picks. But there's always a a few guys that even though they might linger on draft day till a little bit later, they've got more experience. Uh, and then there are, with such a huge number of players entering the draft, a lot of freshmen that go later on. So when you're looking at the range, the Hornets are picking in uh, 25 to 45 and, and all the picks that the Hornets have there. How much would you as an executive put stock into the upside of a player who's maybe on the younger side versus someone who's developed and had more time to show what they can do at the college level. I think, you know, with Charlotte this year, that that's the interesting thing. I mean, I think you could go both ways. With Charlotte, I, I think I'd try to mix it up a little bit. I, I'd want to keep at least a couple of those picks, you know, whether they're consolidated or not, to have kind of some solid bets, guys that you feel like will be contributors on their rookie contract, which is, you know, incredibly value valuable when you get LaMelo Ball, you know, he's going to be entering the final season of his own rookie deal. And he's going to have his big contract coming up. When you have P.J. Washington as a restricted free agent this offseason, he's going to get paid. Um, like, it's valuable to have some younger guys on rookie deals that are contributors. So I think for Charlotte, it does make sense to focus on that. But also, you do want to, you know, you want to roll the dice and and try to draft a guy that you feel like has a higher upside than some of the targets around him. And so I think for the Hornets, that that's the nice benefit of having those picks. Like Cupcheck is going to be able to get pretty creative, you know, with with how he's building this team out this off season. You know, with the free agents that they have, mostly PJ Washington, um, and with the amount of draft picks, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting though, like to see how how they kind of make these picks that dictate the way in which they're going to develop around Lamelo Ball. Um, cause like his game is so flexible and so malleable, um, last year, a little bit less so than his younger seasons. He obviously d- didn't play as much, but he can play so many different styles. I-, I just look forward to seeing like, how does the complexion of the rest of this team end up looking around him? We talked in our previous conversation about what a win looks like with the number two pick. And it's not necessarily did that person come in first or second for rookie of the year in their rookie season. It's three to five years down the road. Are they an all-star? Are they now a leader of a team that can contend in the playoffs and for titles, hopefully? What does a win look like when you're evaluating players in the 20s to 40s? I mean, obviously, the Nikola Jokic's of the world, that's a clear win. But as you mentioned earlier, uh, even Denver didn't have him clearly number one on their board because they made two other picks before selecting Nikola Jokic that year. So while everyone would love to find a two-time MVP uh, early second round, what realistically is a win when you're drafting in the areas of the Hornets' other picks? I think it's a guy that turns into a rock-solid role player. 
somebody who can play, you know, seven to 12 years in the NBA and is a contributor in playoff situations and is not the type of guy who, you know, is a total liability in the postseason. That's like a true success. Um, but it can also be a success in its own way if you draft the player at like, you know, in the 40s or the late 30s that helps you go along during the regular season and but isn't quite part of your seven-man or eight-man rotation deep into the playoffs. That in its own way has value to be somebody who's a contributor over the 82-game regular season. And now, you know, obviously the in-season tournament coming in as well. Um, there's just a lot, lot of options for players, you know, to have big moments. That's a success is being a role player. And if you can become more than that, um, then you're just like a home run. We've seen Mitch Kupchak have a lot of success in finding players like that in the second round. We, we talked earlier about his success when picking in the top 10, but throughout his history as the lead executive, you've got guys like Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson, who was a, a sixth man of the year here with the Hornets, the uh, Cody Martin pick, Jalen McDaniels. Uh, you've seen a lot of guys drafted later by Mitch Kupchak who have become the kinds of players you're talking about. So compared to his peers in the league, how successful of a general man has Mitch Kupchik been on draft night outside of the top 10 picks where we've already established he's got a very, very solid track record? I think he's done a good job, especially when you look back at, at his Lakers tenure. I mean, some of the, the talent the Lakers currently have kind of scattered throughout the league were were his draft picks. Um, I think about somebody like a Larry Nance more than anybody else. He's the first guy who comes to mind. He gets drafted in, in the late first round, and you know he's got, got a knee injury in college. Um, but he gets drafted to the Lakers and he's he starts his career as a rim runner, you know, lob threat, but has become a versatile defender who can, you know, play make from the outside, uh, playing like valuable minutes for the Hornets now, for the Pelicans now, um, but, and, but previously the Blazers, the Cavs. Uh, like he's just been a good player for many, many years. That, that, that is like the definition of success for a guy being drafted 27th. Um, so I think with Charlotte, you know, having the 27th pick again this year, if they can get a Larry Nance with that pick, I mean, that that's a, that's a winning selection for the Hornets if that happens this year. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Kevin O'Connor, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Find his work on The Ringer, and you can go ahead and take a look at his draft guide as well as his big board, both of which are going to have a lot of Hornets fans' attention here in these last few days before the NBA draft. One thing that I'm curious about, you know, we're we're looking at all these players at a fixed moment in time. How do they stack up uh, on draft day, June 22nd, 2023, but you're projecting the results for much, much further down the line. When you're looking at players how much stock do you put into how much they've grown because i have no doubt you're keeping track of guys for years leading up to their potential draft class so how much stock do you put in the person that maybe came from off the board and has surged into a stronger position versus someone who you've always had rated very high amongst their draft class when you're trying to take into account what they could become later on down the line I think it it matters a lot. You know, you want to see guys get better and and you want to see players work on their weaknesses over the course of a season or or over multiple years. And I mean, like as you were talking, like my mind went straight to Joel Embiid, right? Like he's obviously become an MVP in the league and he's one of the best stars in all of basketball. You look back at his freshman year at Kansas, he starts the year. He's turnover prone on the post. He's slow to read the floor. But over the course of time, he's like a sponge, and you can see him learning. He's adding, he's adding post moves. He's getting better at reading double teams and and reacting to pressure. And this year, somebody like Brandon Miller out of Alabama, he starts the year. He's struggling scoring at the basket. You know, there's concerns about his finishing ability. And you know, I interviewed him back in December. You know, I flew to Houston to see a Houston Alabama game, and I talked to some Houston players. I talked to Brandon Miller from Alabama, and. And he's like, dude, like I, I, I'm skinny. I know I need to get stronger. I also need to change, you know, some of the things I'm doing on drives to the basket. And then for really like since the middle of December until the tournament, when he was dealing with a groin injury from mid December until then, I mean, he became one of the better finishers in all of college basketball. He became more aggressive. He was using his shoulder. He was using different technique, finishing around the basket. So I think seeing that type of growth is what 
you want to see from players from a skills standpoint um, to kind of project them forward and, and show that, hey, they, they have the open-mindedness to, to work on weaknesses and, and to take in feedback, and they also have the work ethic and the desire to get better too. So I think that that's what it shows more than anything else. It's like the results are evidence of a positive process um, in a lot of cases, and when you match that with intel on players, whether it's an Embiid um, or a Miller or a Scoot or whoever it is, like that's always what you want to see is you want to see progress and growth over the course of time, whether it's one season or multiple years. All of these players are at the infancy of their professional careers, so they're all going to grow and get better. But there's some common refrains that you hear from experts about, you know, something that is maybe, in their opinions, easy to overcome that they don't have in their games or some things that, you know, they really harp on uh, when they're focusing in on why someone maybe would fall on a draft board, uh, even though their output in the college or their non-NBA ranks, their pre-NBA ranks has been really good. What's something that when you see on a scouting report uh, you think to yourself yeah actually that doesn't matter too much they'll be able to fix that and what are things uh, that do you that you do highlight when you're grading out players I think everything matters to an extent, even sometimes the smallest things. Like for top players, like you got to nitpick. Like even with Victor Wembanyama, I do think it's important that, like, despite him being an all-time great prospect, it is important that like he needs to improve at dealing with pressure when he gets double teamed. It, it is important that you know he can even improve his offhand finishing around the basket. Uh, but it just matters less because of all these overwhelming strengths that the player has like with Scoot Henderson, uh, like he's a guy, obviously Charlotte could be in a position to select and it, it does matter despite the fact he is a great downhill finisher and he shows playmaking skill. He does need to improve his shot selection and he takes a lot of deep twos he, and he's an inefficient deep two shooter this past season at just 38%. Um, it does matter that he's only six foot two. So even though he's tough and hard nosed and, and makes some great plays on defense at six, two, you get picked on, you just do, it doesn't matter how good you are, you know, individually on defense when you're small you get picked on in the postseason so I think I think all of it matters um I think what I probably weigh way less than I did, did in the past is just statistics I mean I think there's just so many guys over the course of time you know like you hear a lot about how the low success rate of players that have low block and steal rates I mean, there's also a ton of guys that end up great successes for many years. Like P.J. Tucker in college didn't have a lot of blocks and steals. And and this year in the draft, there's a guy by the name of Omax Prosper out of Marquette who doesn't rack up many blocks or steals. So statistically, he probably doesn't pop up on, you know, draft models very highly. But watching him play, you know, seven foot one wingspan, you know, great length, toughness, quickness. He reminds me so much of PJ Tucker, but uh, his awareness level that even if it doesn't show up in the numbers. So I think that's what I weigh probably a little less than I did in the past. Um, but that's not to say that it doesn't matter because it does. Um, but you do, you just need to kind of gauge that against how much it matters to factor in situation and, and individual skills. Last one for you here, Kevin, even though we've harped over the course of our two conversations here on the, the, timeline to evaluate a draft day and the success or failures of it is years into the future the Hornets are at an interesting point right now where they have a team that two years ago was above 500 injuries were probably the main reason they struggled as much as they did last season so now you would hope with a healthier group you you can get back to that above 500 basketball and maybe with the introduction of these draft picks have 
some bigger success because of them. Um, but we know the impact of rookies in their rookie season on winning. It, it's rare. Last year's class for all the greatness we saw from Paolo Bancaro and, and other players, it didn't turn the Magic into an overnight success. They didn't make the playoffs. Keegan Murray had a significant impact with Sacramento, but they also had two All-Stars. Jalen Williams with Oklahoma City, he had a big impact. But th- those are the exceptions more than the rule for those Hornets fans who are going to look at this number 2 pick or any of the others they might make and say, well, this is a guy uh, that could get us to the playoffs. You know, What should successful rookies be able to contribute Tribute here for a Hornets team that is very hungry to make it into the playoffs. I think, you know, if Cupcheck ends up going with some of those guys that are NBA ready, it feels like what Charlotte provided, as long as LaMelo's healthy, there's a, a, a foundation to become a play-in caliber team. I think the second half of the year with Mark Williams really carving out a consistent role, playing 20-plus minutes per game, sometimes cracking 30 minutes. I mean, his defense, anytime you have a rim protector like Mark Williams and also a guy who sets strong screens, finishes at the rim, he rebounds bounds he kind of can provide you that foundation alongside Lamelo's shot creation so it's about filling the gaps around them I would bring back PJ Washington if he's at a at a good salary cap number this offseason I think his versatility on offense and defense is a perfect fit next to Mark Williams so finding some wings some guys who uh, can play alongside a Gordon Hayward. To me, that's a priority. And also, like, finding, you know, obviously Terry Rozier has been good, you know, for years with Charlotte now. He's blossomed as a real quality NBA player after leaving Boston. Um, but finding somebody, like, with him with, with him in that backcourt joining LaMelo Ball um, would be a great benefit as well. So Terry Rozier could kind of slide into maybe, like, a spark plug six-man role and, and have a dynamic partner for LaMelo Ball as a starter. That would be something I'd be looking for this year, whether it's with number two or whether it's with one of their many picks in the middle of the draft. He's the best in the business. Find his work on Twitter, at Kevin O'Connor NBA, and more specifically, find it all on The Ringer. He's got podcasts, mock drafts, draft boards, big boards, everything you could want leading up to draft day. He's got you covered, and we were thrilled to have him this week with us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun this week, and uh, I look forward to seeing what Charlotte does on draft night. That will do it for our mock draft season of the HHC. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. Coming up next, we will have our post-draft edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Remember, draft night, June 22nd. You can be there with us at Spectrum Center. Tickets are required, but they're free. So just go to Hornet social media or Hornets.com and make your plans to join us for our draft party at Spectrum Center. Doors will open at 645. There will be giveaways, entertainment, and of course, we'll have the draft on on a couple of the TVs around the building, so you'll be able to find us there. Before we go, in addition to thanking Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer and all of our great guests, want to give an extra special thank you to Matt Ruchinski, VP of Digital Media for the Charlotte Hornets, who has put so much time and effort into clearing these podcasts podcasts to make sure that we were in line with all the rules for the NBA. That's not an easy thing to do. So we appreciate so much all the time and effort he has put into clearing these podcasts for all of you and thank him for all his work all season long as well. You hear him often on the HHC, so we'll look forward to getting his opinion on the post-draft editions as well as many of our podcasts to come. But an extra special thank you to Matt for all his hard work. Always want to thank Rob Longo, our producer, who puts all these podcasts together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. We 
do it for you. We hope you enjoyed it and appreciate the work, and hopefully it's given you some good intel leading up to draft night. It's almost here. I hope we get to see you at the Hive, but either way, tune in the following day. We'll have our post-draft edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.